love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. Don't you just love a good love story? Love is like that. It's the light that is part of your life. It's unconditional. There's something there for all of us. There's hope that we can get through this and find some joy in our lives. He's always been the one. Self-love is a love story too. Those little sparks of joy are really important. Imagine someone making your biggest dream come true. It's important for people to understand that you're not alone. We love to be part of a Canadian love story. The love story never ends. Well, love is the most important thing. I looked out the window and uh, I heard a voice that said, somebody over there needs you. It's the feeling of being content and comfortable with each other. Without love, you know, this, uh, this life is not worth very much. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Our love story today belongs to Barbara Jean and George. When these two literally ran into each other in a hallway, they and their worlds collided. As it turned out, Barbara Jean had heard a calling and felt certain there was someone who needed her in their Grand Falls, Newfoundland retirement home. Little did she know it would be George, a former pro hockey player known to everyone on the rock but her. Buckle your seats, folks. This tale is one for the ages. This is the Lord Lifton, Belly Laughing, Love Soaked Canadian Love Map. Barbara Jean and George, hello and welcome to the Canadian Love Map. Oh, thank you. What a treat to have you both on today. Can't wait to talk about your story. But first, I want to ask this. Why do you think it is the world is so fascinated in a story that involves people over 80 finding love? Well, there's, there's so, much, uh, so much evil going on in the world and bad news. I mean, you, you can't put the TV or radio on except uh, hearing bad news. So we're, we're, we're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Yes, you are like light in the darkness. And have you been surprised at the reaction of the world to your story? Well, so far, it's it's been pretty good. Uh, we've been on, I think this is a couple of times now, and we're given a, a, the same old story uh, over and over again because we're talking to different people, hopefully. Yes. And uh, we're, we're just hoping it's going to get through to people. Barbara Jean, what about you? Have you been surprised by the response? Um, not, not really, but I'm happy about it. Now, only I, we never even heard anything because I thought they were going to know where the fires before it aired and we would see it and hear it, but we didn't, we missed it. So a friend of mine had it recorded. So we went to her place and um, we saw, we saw it and, um, 
there was a lot of reaction from Facebook and whatever, but we're not into Facebook. We just have a plain old phone and that's it. <laughs> and that's that's the CBC story you were talking about, is it? I guess so. I don't know. I just know that I'm overwhelmed because we went to the supermarket and we were there two hours to pick up three or four items and we were there for two hours. <laughs> And people are walking in church and everybody wanted my autograph. And I said, oh, my, just get out of here. (laughs) You're the new celebrities on the rock. Yeah, I I said to some of my friends, move over Hollywood, here we come. (laughs) I love it. Oh, that's so great. I'd love to know a little bit about your backstories before we get into the blooming romance that you have experienced. And (laughs) Barbara Jean, why don't we start with you? Well, uh, my life had been that exciting. I got married to my first husband. I was very, very young. I grew up with three brothers. I didn't have a sister. I lived in a small town. And I worked in retail. And I loved it. But I only worked part-time. I was never full-time. I was a stay-home mom, really. Mm -hmm. And I have two boys living in the city. And when you say living in the city, do you mean St. John's? Yes, my boys are in St. John's, but I'm in Grand Falls Winter. That's where I was born and grew up. And I had a good life. I must say, I had a good life. I had a wonderful, loving husband. I did a lot of volunteer work church work and a lot, a lot of volunteer work. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy, and I enjoyed that. Yes. All right. George, let's yes. hear from you. Well, uh, hmm. I've, I've got a long list. <laughs> I'm in the hockey world. Oh, you certainly are. Yeah. And uh, I, I went to Quebec City in 1951 to play on a junior team there in Quebec City, the, the Quebec Citadels. And a couple of years with them, and I went to the Montreal Canadiens training camp back in the days when when Rocket Richard and John Bellow and those people, Doug Harvey and Jacques Plant were playing, you know. Wow. And, uh, and uh, I, I signed my pro contract with them and played for them in the old Quebec Professional Hockey League for four years, uh, up until coming back to Newfoundland. And uh, started. Then I, I was I became the, the playing coach of the new hockey team in Newfoundland, the, the Conception Bay CBs. And there, there I played for ten years. And in 1966, I was asked to play for Canada's national hockey team in the World Championships in Yugoslavia. So I went there for the for that year, and uh, came back to Newfoundland and continued on and until. Uh, competitive hockey was over and then I, I just switched to the recreation hockey and I played recreation hockey till I was 85 years old. Oh, that is fabulous. Isn't that exciting to still be out there on skates at that point? It sounds to me like you and hockey had a love story. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, it was my love for sure back then. But I, but I did get married somewhere in between there. <laughs> my, first, my first wife, I married my first wife. She was an airline stewardess for TCA, uh, you know, Transcanada Airlines yes. in Montreal. The, after that, hockey was my life, really. 
Well, between the hockey and marrying a flight attendant, you must have traveled the world a lot. Well, yeah, we we tra- I traveled uh, all over Canada. Of course, I played hockey all through down through Canada, and in the in in Colorado in the states and down in uh, down in Florida and and we went over overseas and played over in Czechoslovakia and 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 uh, Germany and uh, Italy and a few other places. And I traveled all over. Isn't that something? Well, when did you move into the home you're living in now, George? Well, that was about uh, a little over a year ago, I guess. And what took you there? Well, the old, the old ticker wasn't working the way it should, and they figured that I needed some help, so uh, they put me in this uh, retirement home, and this is where uh, this is where I am now, of course. It's interesting your your language around that is they put me here. Were you no. resistant to the idea at first? <laughs> <laughs> I ask all the personal questions, George. Well, you got to get used to it. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to know you picked that one up. But <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, I I, uh, I was I was told that this was a pretty good spot to come and. And here in Grand Falls, and I, I lived in St. John's for over 40 years. So mm-hmm. so I left St. John's and came here and came in this home in Grand Falls, Windsor. This is uh, Hollett's uh, uh, retirement home. So it felt like a big shift in many ways, probably. It was a big shift for me. I mean, uh, I was in the real estate business in St. John's and I left there and, and left my hockey buddies back there into recreation hockey. And came to a retirement home, sitting back in the corner doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Especially given the fact that in St. John's, I bet everyone knew you. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone knows me in Newfoundland because I played <laughs> hockey all over Newfoundland. <laughs> yeah, everyone knew me in St. John's. No doubt about that. All right, Barbara Jean, how did you come to be in the same place as Mr. Newfoundland? Well, I lived across the street from um, the home I'm in now. When my husband passed away, I said after a couple of years, I think I would like to have just a buddy. I didn't care if it was a man or a woman, just someone to hang out with, because I have no family here. Mm -hmm. And I'm in perfect health, and I'm quite active. So I always said, when the time came, after my husband died, when the time came that... uh, I couldn't make myself a cup of tea. I'll go in a home. But until then, I'll stay where I am. <laughs> so after three and a half years, there was, well, I wasn't looking for anybody. I just thought if somebody came along and said they'd like to be in my company, I would accept. But I wasn't looking and I didn't intend to. So anyway, um, this day I um, I got up and I was, uh, and I kept looking at this home as it was being built because it was just across the street from where I lived. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, now that's where I'm going to go when the time comes. Oh. So anyway, I decided one morning now, well, I was familiar with this home because we did chapel services here. And I knew a lot of my friends were here. So anyway, I got up this morning. I looked out the window. And uh, I heard a voice it said, somebody over there needs you. Oh. So I said, well, I so I never gave it. I, 
I knew the voice. You had heard that voice before? I have so. Mm-hmm. Many, many times. Mm-hmm. I got dressed and I came right over to the home here. And I said, now I'm going to put my name in because it may be months. It may be a year before I decide that I'm going to move. Sure. So that's what, that was the first step. I put my name in. As time went on, I said, well, I must go over and look around and see how my friends are doing. So I came over and I went all up and down the aisles and looking at the doors and the names on the doors. And, and when I came to George Faulkner, I said, I wonder who he is. Never heard tell of him before. <laughs> you were the only one in Newfoundland who didn't know who he was. I never had a clue because I'm not in the sports world. I know absolutely nothing about sports. Never interests me in the league. So, never. Anyway, I heard a voice saying, someone over there needs you. So I came over and I picked up the room. I said to the, the lady in the office, I said, show me some rooms. I said, I think there's a room over here with my name on it. So she took me around and she showed me three rooms. And I said, no, there's neither one of these out of room that I'm supposed to go. Wow. So when I said, have you got any more rooms? So she brought me to number four room. And as soon as I opened the door and walked in, I said, this is my room. And I really couldn't afford it because it was more. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was a bigger room. I said, no, no, this is my room. I'm having this room. I said, but I'm not coming yet. I said, I'm going to wait till probably around Christmas. I'm, I'm, I really don't want to come yet. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, after a little while, I heard the voice again that said, Barbara, it's a moving day. <laughs> wow. So I got up. I never even notified my two sons. I never told anybody. Because I'm a person, I'm very independent, and I make my own decisions. I don't discuss anything with anybody. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, I came over and told her I was ready to move. So I moved in, and it was COVID time, and it was this is what pushed me to come earlier because the part that uh, pushed me most, of course, was George here needing me, but I didn't know that then. But I'm a, I'm a hugger. I love to hug. And for COVID over two years and not getting a hug, I was just about going crazy. You were probably and like I, a wilted flower not getting yeah, hugs. Yeah, well, a lot of us felt that way. Nobody coming and not seeing anybody I was going just a bit crazy. And I said, no, I almost hug a bear now. One came along. I wanted to hug so bad. So anyway, lo and behold, you know, I moved over. So about three or four days, four or five days, I was coming down the hall from breakfast when George was coming up the hall because he was a late riser. And I'm a jumpy person. And uh, I came around the hall and he was coming and I jumped and because he gave me such a fright. Oh, it was around a corner? Around the corner. Ah, yes. A blind corner. And so here I am, standing there, couldn't move. I got such a voice, and he was standing there, just really close to me. And neither one of us spoke. (laughs) And 
I, I just like my feet was glued to the floor. <laughs> so isn't that funny? He, he finally we finally collected our composure, and he said, "Well, let me give you a hug." Oh, so, that's beautiful. So and I walked right into the trap. <laughs> Oh, you walked into the bear hug and the trap yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and I got with I went back, came back to my room. He was on his way to breakfast. <laughs> so anyway, I sat on the bed and I I I looked up to the ceiling and I said, Oh Lord, not him. <laughs> not him. <laughs> well, sir, I didn't know what to do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You figured you were getting your marching orders. Oh my! Oh my! Five days after that, I met George at the same place, same spot, (laughs) and uh, I looked at him. And when I looked at him, really looked at him, that was it. I fell in love five days later. Crazy love. love. I guess it was love at second sight. Yeah. <laughs> and George said, well, Barbara, said, I love everybody. I said, yeah, I know you do because you're a lovable person. But I said, I'm in love. It's a different thing. Loving everybody is different kinds of love. But I said, I'm in love with you. When did you say that to him? Oh, about five days after I met him. Wow, that is beautiful. We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centres are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Now, George, I've got to hear your side of the story. She said, he said. How did that meeting go according to your perspective? Well, I, I think she she had it down pretty good. <laughs> uh, neither of us knew each other. And we just bumped into each other, if you want to put it that way. And uh, that was the result. Uh, you know, when I gave her this big bear hug, as you say there, <laughs> I suppose it was a bear hug, but I thought it was a nice human hug myself. But (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) And it grew and grew and grew. Love grows. Love grows. You know, love happens, and and sometimes it's pretty hard to know how it happened. You know, but it Mm -hmm. did happen, and it happened to both of us. And we love each other. And it wasn't long before we were talking. Oh. Maybe, may, well, I don't know if we were talking or not, but I, I was thinking of marrying this young woman that I had. Yes. <laughs> and uh, but and that's the way it happened. And uh, I proposed to her one day, and I even got down on one knee. Now, I got a bad knee. I hurt my knee. <laughs> After all those years of hockey, I can't believe you could get down on one knee. Well, I got one down, but I went on the bad knee. That's the worst fault, see? <laughs> I, I, that must be love. <laughs> and when and when Barbara, Barbara, I think, was in the bathroom at the time, when she came back out, I, I was down on one knee, and I, and I asked Barbara to marry me. 
And I don't know if she, I don't think she yeah. answered right away. I think it took uh, maybe a couple of seconds, maybe. <laughs> you got down and couldn't get up. But I got down. <laughs> what, did, what did you think when you came out of the bathroom, Barbara Jean, and he was on his knee? Uh, I said, George, I told you not to do that. <laughs> and I didn't know that he was on his bad knee and couldn't get off. <laughs> I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up off the floor. I had to roll around a little bit because I only had one one leg to work on, you know. That was, oh, my God. That's not, and that's not enough, really, sometimes. But anyway, uh, I got up after a while, and, and uh, she said, yes, she'd marry me. And from then on, we, we, we just got together more and more every day. It's a wonderful story that came from the divine up above. Yes. The only, way, the only way that we could have met is is by God's uh, love to, uh, towards us. The only way, because I didn't know Barbara and Barbara didn't know me. And, and it all happened so suddenly. And that's the only way it could have happened, Nancy. We were from two different worlds. And I said to George, I don't know how this is ever going to work. We're so different. We got absolutely nothing in common. I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> and I, and when we met, we forgot this. When we met, first thing he said, I'm not getting married and I got no money. Oh. And I said, well, <laughs> I, I'm not getting married and I got no money. Now, don't you think we're a good pair? <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing you had in common. <laughs> the first thing we said, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the thing about it, I mean, where he grew up, it was just a few miles down from Grandfather's Windsor. And I never heard tell of him. And, he, you know, he, I had a job to convince him that I didn't know him. But the, but the funny part about it, and my husband had his book because he wrote a book. And my husband had the book. And I took up the book this day, and I, it was a Christmas gift. And I looked at the cover, and this young man was on the cover with a hockey stick. And I looked at him, and I said, well, I wonder who that is. He's so cute. <laughs> and I, I took the book and put it back in the bookshelf and went off to getting ready to move here. I took that book, and I gave it to a friend. I didn't even read the book. I never had a clue who he was. So when we met, and I told him the story. He went and got a book for me to read. And I moaned. I didn't want to hurt his feelings, so I took the book. <laughs> and I said, to my, I, I said to myself, now, I'm not one bit interested in reading this book. Who cares about hockey? I don't. That was my thought. So anyway, I guess I was probably bored this day. I decided to read the book. So anyway... I started to read it, and I couldn't put it down. It was so fascinating. So I read the book through, and then I took it up to read it the second time. Because you don't get everything the first time. So when I gave him back the book, I said to him, Now, George, you had a fascinating life. What a life you led. I said, I think I know you now a little bit better than before. I still don't know anything about hockey or anything <laughs> in sport, but I know George. That was going to be my question. Did you feel like you knew him better as a human oh, being after you read the book? Oh, 
Oh, most definitely. Oh, yeah, it was a real idol. Because we were so different, you know. It seems like we were, we never always got along, you know. We had lots of fallen outs. Oh, did you? I want to hear about that part. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you think about something. I mean, I grew up in the church. Now, I wasn't a minister of anything, Mm -hmm. but I just, that was my life. And George was a world man going around the world. Mm -hmm. So we had absolutely nothing in common. (laughs) And we had lots of squabbles. And I heard his feelings more than once. But he kept coming back. <laughs> I, 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 oh, yeah. The cat came back. You know, that's not. <laughs> so, so, but um, we, I, uh, we're not be frustrated because I couldn't understand him and he couldn't understand me. And when we have a little fun, I go for a walk because that's what I do when I'm frustrated. I do a lot of walking. I love to walk. Hmm. So anyway, this night in particular, I think like if I wanted to make a point, just to get a point across, George could never understand my points. He could could never get it. And that would frustrate me. Mm -hmm. So this day or this night, I should say, uh, we had a little little, little falling out. He couldn't take it, see, but I'm different. So he went to the door to go home because we were... His room's down the hall, and mine is in another place, another room. So he went to the door, and he had his hand on the door. Now, for, and I said, George, don't you open that door. <laughs> you come right back. You're, you're hearing it now, Nancy. I love it. You come right back here and sit down. You are not going home tonight. Feeling like the feeling. You're going to be in your room awake the whole night. I'm going to be in my room awake the whole night. Now sit down. I'm talking about this. You had to coax the communication out of him. Yep. So anyway, we got down straight note. So another time something happened and we were ready to call it quits. And we were sitting here together. I, I said, George, you know what we're like? I said, we're like two foolish old people. I said, trying to figure out who we are. (laughs) (laughs) I was always too serious for my own good. And since I met George, I never laughed so much in my life. I don't know if I ever laughed, really. And I never laughed so much in my entire life. And, of course, George laughs anyway. George can laugh at nothing. Anyway, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful to be able to forgive each other and we're all we're different and apologize and make off and making up is so good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part. It's no surprise. You lived full lives and, and you would I can see why you'd be stuck in your ways, each of you. <laughs> but I, I love your description, Barbara, of of you know, being very serious until he pulled the fun out of you. Yes. Yes. I you are making yes. me think of my own grandmother who got remarried when she was about 70 and I witnessed that as a grandchild. Like all of a sudden she became a much lighter person. Yes. Mm-hmm. With Barbara Jean and I uh it's worked out wonderfully. I love her and I 
And I say, sometimes I think she loves me, too. <laughs> He's joking, you know. But, but uh, it's wonderful that we're together and we're getting married and bought a nice ring for her and all, all of that good stuff, you know. What was the wedding like? The wedding was exceptional. We, we didn't have a great big wedding or anything because there's so many people, especially in my family and, and the friends that I knew, we just couldn't invite everybody. So we decided we were going to elope first. Yes. And and then we decided, well, you know, we got Barbara, Barbara Jean had two sons and I had two sons and and uh, she's got a, she's got other grand people, and I got grandchildren, and I got I got one grandson. So I thought, well, we we we'll just invite our uh, our immediate family there, because it wouldn't be right to, to go ahead and not do it, and not let them know, and so on. And and I have to interrupt to ask, what were your family's reactions? It was a, a great like a great family reunion both families the first time they met was at the mix of meat that we had and and everyone agreed and every it was it was a wonderful time really you know I'll, I'll never forget the good the good feeling that came out of that meeting with 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 our both with both families beautiful so uh, yeah it was really wonderful all right and then the wedding itself we had a banquet well just 14 people I can't describe it. It was just so much love there. Everybody was in love, not just George and I. Everybody was in love there. And the minister and his wife were there, of course. It was enough to take your breath away. Couldn't have asked for anything better than what we had. It seems to me, by your description, that everyone there was soaking in the love. You got that right. You couldn't have said any better. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I can't believe you didn't invite me. <laughs> Nancy, we, did, we didn't know who you were, Nancy. If we did, we would have invited you. <laughs> when you renew your vows in 10 years, I want to be there. George, I'm curious, you know, Barbara Jean heard this voice that that told her someone needed her. I'm yeah. curious about your take on that. How did you need her? Well, I needed someone mm -hmm. because there, there's uh, certain things that I, my my energy level, now someone who played hockey all his life, but my energy level was down really, really low. And it still is a certain things. Uh, the heart, the ticker, you know, when that uh, plays up and, and, and uh, it won't work the way it should, mm -hmm. uh, then you don't have the energy going through your body, I suppose, and and giving you all this uh, energy and strength to go. Right. So there were things that I I just couldn't do for myself. And and uh, uh, when I met uh, when I met Barbara Jean, she can run the hundred yard dash in thirteen or fourteen seconds. <laughs> she can. I love it. She can. She can. <laughs> so I got all I can do to keep it her away. <laughs> <laughs> That is so great. Okay, I would love to know what it is you love most about one another. I just love Barbara Jean. I mean, I I can't explain how or why or when or <laughs> but I, I'm just in love with the woman. You know, I watch her walk around. I can sit back in the chair and watch it all day. <laughs> yeah, or hockey. 
Or hockey. Well, I played my share of hockey. The question, George, is? Well, now I do. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> Barbara Jean, he's lucky he said that. Well, he, he caught him back out watching hockey on TV, so there's something going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Barbara Jean, it's your turn. What do you love most about George? Everything. In five days, I was in love with this man. And um, I've been in love ever since, of course. My first marriage, I was very, very young. And I loved my first husband, and he loved me dearly. But this with George, this love I had with George, it, it's so different. I don't know, because we're older and we appreciate love or we understand love more. But it's really different and it's really special. And I think it's because it was ordained by God that this would happen in our lives. We would meet and get married. Mm -hmm. But marriage wasn't in my mind. I just knew that somebody needed me. And I nursed my husband for a lot of years. And I, that's what I, I really enjoyed doing for somebody else. Trying to bring comfort to somebody else. Anything I could do for somebody else. That was me. That was my ministry. And I knew that I could help George. And I wanted wanted to do it. And I enjoy every day. I enjoy waking up every morning to see what George needs today. What I can do for him to make his life more pleasant. If that's the word or not. But George is a happy person anyway. That's his nature. He's happy. He's never discouraged. He's never down in the dumps. And he's really good for me. He's really encouraging. He's a gentleman. He makes me happy. He makes me laugh. I couldn't ask for any better than I have right now. I'm full of love. I can't love him any more than I do. I love him with everything that's in my heart. Everything. I love him. It sounds to me like there is an awful lot of gratitude in both of you. As far as I'm concerned, it's all it's gratitude. It's not all gratitude, but it's the feeling of being content and comfortable with each other. It's just a lovable environment, what it is. I am grateful. I am so Thankful that you were willing to take our call today and have this conversation and share your absolutely beautiful love story. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. Without love, you know, this, uh, this life is not worth very much. Right on. And, you know, even the science shows that love and connection make us live much more rich lives, but also longer lives and healthier lives. And love is a many splendored thing. It's the April rose that only grows in the early spring. Did you know that, Nancy? <laughs> well, now you're now you're flirting with me, George. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm I'm swooning. Did you yeah. hear the song he sang to me? No. No. They tried to tell us we're too old. He sang that and nobody knew a thing about it, but just it just started to sing. 
And everybody just stood, stayed, stood there with their eyes popping and their mouths open because he's a singer, you know, he's an entertainer. Oh, well, we can't go without hearing that then. Yeah, come on, George, sing my song. Mm-hmm. Sing. Uh, you want me to sing that song? Well, I can sing. Uh, I, I'll start it. And it's not very long, anyway. They try to tell us we're too old, too old to really be in love. They say that love's a word, a word we've only heard, and can't begin to know the meaning of. But yet we're not too old to know. Our love will last, though years may go. And then someday they may recall we were not too old at all. Now there. Well, from a perfect love story to a perfect ending. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. That What a song and what a voice. Thanks, both of you, so much. You okay. too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. It makes such a difference. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.